BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is IT. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It is oh fucking official. All right, stop playing. Download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. Just can't get over losing you. Static selector. So right. Yeah. Check it out. Now we'll turn the other H-Studio albums, many collaborations, many mixtapes, and a list of incredible artists under his collaboration belt. There seems to be no stopping the creativity of my next guest. He's about to drop his ninth studio album, The Balancing Act. He's Static Selector, and I want to welcome him to the Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Reinekel. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah. I want to tell to talk about the uh, your debut album with uh, Spell My Name Right, and you had a DJ Khaled on uh, do a make a movie uh, interlude, and he talked about the idea of um, breaking records and how uh, DJs don't do that anymore. So I want to ask you, like, what was that for you in hindsight? Like, what was that record that you you think you took a real chance on? You broke that uh, in hindsight was a you did take a big chance on, but also kind of helped change the trajectory of your career. I don't know if it was one particular song, but um. Definitely, definitely artists that I've broken that um, you know, ended up being the, the the foundation for my career really, like from from the terms to the Action Bronsons to the Mac Millers to the Gibbs to the Joeys, like a lot of artists that I was there before anyone else, like first one to bring them on the radio, all that. So that's definitely part of the foundation. All right, nice. Uh, how, how do you? How did you? Like, I mean, it's. I feel like it's so tough not to get caught up in. Uh, and going with what's popular, I guess, at the time, you know, whatever's on commercial radio, especially since you, you have a radio background. Uh, what what would you initially look for in an artist that kind of, you know, knew that this was a good time to, to you, could, you could break them in or you could uh, take that chance with them? Just the qualities that I grew up, you know, being a fan of, the the, the Nazis and the Days and the Pigs, like all the artists I work with have something unique about them. And, um, I just think I have the ear for that. Like I'm not looking for the next. I'm not looking for the next. You know, 15 minutes of, of fame rapper. I'm looking for someone that's going to have a longevity and a career and really have a mainstay power. 
Nice. On the debut album, on uh, the No Mistakes Allowed track, uh, you have you know you have a slew of DJs, you know uh, Dougie Fresh, Tony Tosh, uh, Scram Jones, and so many others. Uh, for you, what was the? I really appreciate that because there, there's this importance, obviously, to represent the beatbox and the art of the DJ. Kind of what for you? What's the importance of those two? Those are art forms. I mean, the DJ is the the DJ is hip hop. So you know, through the years, the roles have changed and everything, and the way people look at things, but. It's always important to, to hold the DJ first, and um, you know I always represent that. Mm. Um, on the track uh, "Hardcore," which uh, features uh, Rex and, and, and terminology, uh, uh, Rex, I think uh, terminology is something where he goes, "We owe it to Big, we owe it to Pac, we owe it to Proof." Um, f- uh, how do, so with the, with those lyrics, you kind of know how those artists have impacted terminology. But for you, how did those three artists kind of impact you? I mean, that's all I listened to growing up was Biggie and Pac, and then, you know, um, rest in peace, Proof. I, I had a couple experiences with him personally, and uh, he had a great energy, man. He was really like the, uh, he was like the poster child for Detroit and, and that whole scene and just what he did with M and all that, but Proof was a, was a ill dude, man. He brought, he, you know, he brightened up the room when he walked in. You know, you obviously worked with other uh, other uh, you know greats, and you've worked with uh, the late uh, Mac Miller and, and Sean Price. Uh, when did you first hear them, and uh, what really stood out to you as they were doing? I mean, I heard Help the Skelter the first time when they dropped La Fleur, La Fleur, Scotia. And then, um, you know, I was always a boot camp quick fan from the beginning. Um, Mac Miller, the first time I heard him was Kool-Aid uh, and Frozen Pizza. And I reached out to um, my man, Artie, who was one of the owners of Rostrum Records. And I remember I was like, yo, I don't want what happened with, with Wiz to happen again because I kind of fronted on Wiz at first. And, you know, I was keeping it a buck. Like, I wasn't really feeling him at first. And then he kind of found his sound and found his way. And, uh, you know, I kind of regretted. I had a couple opportunities to work with him really early that I passed on. And I told him I wasn't going to do the same thing with Mac. So, you know, Mac came up. Mac had never even been in New York before. He came up. It was the day before his 18th birthday. Came up to my radio show. And the next day he drove back to Pittsburgh and then drove back again to come to the studio. So Mac was on his shit. That's like a six-hour drive or more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, the most incredible thing, I mean, obviously Mac Miller being an incredible artist, but what, what was also incredible is that when he did pass, the amount of people, not just from like the quote-unquote commercial world, but from like the underground world that that just like talked about how much they impacted, he impacted them. Um, you know, your, your your production has always always stands out with all your albums and 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 there's this, uh, on this, the track uh, Carry On, which features Joey Badass and Freddie Gibbs, um, uh, off what goes around. There's these horns throughout the entire track. How, 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 what was the thinking process going into using these horns, and then how did you know that these two artists would be perfect for for this this track? It was actually just like a, a quick beat I put together. And um, one night we were at Joey Badass's uh, old crib in Bedstuy, and we were in the basement. He was just like freestyling on songs, and he like he kind of just like freestyled that verse. And I really liked the way it came out, so I was like, yo, I'm going to send it to Gibbs, and just the song came together. But at first, it, like, there was no direction for it at first. 
Mm. Is that, I mean, is that for you? I mean, you, when you're, when you're, when you are working with an artist and I mean, are you creating, creating the beats first or are you waiting for, for the artist to kind of agree to, to be on the track before you create anything? Nah, I'm, I just sit there and make beats. Man. Like, it's not, <laughs> not no intricate process. And I just sit there and try to knock out as many as I can when I'm in the studio. Cause especially nowadays, I'm not in the studio as much as I used to be. Right. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned. I mean, you're you're not just uh, you know creating albums and producing albums. You also you you have a radio background in terrestrial radio, but you also have a you know you're on Shade Four Five uh, Sirius XM. Um, I know this is a discussion a lot that people talk about the advantage of of C, uh, C, uh, Sirius radio or you know satellite radio versus ter- terrestrial radio. But what are you kind of finding that is kind of the key advantages of being on? Uh, satellite radio that you could not get anywhere at inter- terrestrial radio. I mean, it's a luxury to be able to play dirty versions and to be able to say whatever <laughs> you want. That's different. And then, um, you know, I don't have no playlist. I don't have the the program director. Ron knows is is uh is dope, man. He you know he lets everybody do what they do. That's why we're on them in the first place. Is because we every DJ on the station has their own brand. So it's like they trust us to do what we do, and there's no rules. Terrestrial radio is like. Especially now, it's worse than ever. But I, I was always kind of lucky when I was on FM radio too, though, because the program directors never really bugged out too bad on me. Like they let me do what I wanted. I knew the rules. Usually, you got to play like a a record off a list, and then you could play. You know, you could play two songs in rotation, and then play a you know a record that you pick. There's different rules to different stations. Right. right. But serious, we have none of those rules. Do you see at all? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if you're still in touch with the terrestrial radio world, but do you see any all, at all? Like uh, maybe program directors kind of backing off a little bit on DJs and kind of kind of control what they do. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Uh, I was listening to this uh, interview you did, and you you, you talked about um, having uh, Jay Z's and Nas's uh, Black Republican the record uh, like six months prior to it dropped. And I don't want to ask you about the story about how when it leaked and stuff like that, but. What what I thought was interesting is that you talked about um, how you were able to use it as leverage uh, to get other exclusives from labels, and I was just curious how does that how does that work exactly? Like, what does that mean that like you have a record early? So why would a record label I think be more inclined to give you more exclusives early? Because it was a different it was a different era back then, and mixtapes were everything. Like the streets, if, if people were going crazy over a song on a mixtape, and it was a good look for the album, and it was it was you know foreshadowing the album, so. With, the, with a situation like that, it's like having a Jay-Z Nas record. I was going on the labels and like artists were even doing exclusives for the tape because they knew how many people were going to be listening to that tape because it's not exclusive. So mm. like they give us the whole Clips album. They all, We got all kinds of shit for that. And um, I think every song on the mixtape was exclusive actually. So we killed it with that one. Um, me and Big Mike. How, how do you, uh, what, for you, what was like kind of the, the, the highlight of creating this? Uh, I mean, you know, the big thing was the Nas, the Nas mixtape for you. What was the, the big highlight off of that? Uh, which one? The Prophecy one? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it was just a crazy story how it happened because I went from getting calls telling me that Nas wasn't happy with me because I put, you know, because of that tape. And then when I finally got on the phone with his manager, who's actually my manager now, which is funny, Mike Brinkley, shout out to Mike. Um, when I got on the phone with him, I was expecting to get, you know, cursed out. But instead, he was like, yo, Nas wants you to do his actual mixtape now. So it really worked out for me in a bunch of ways. Was that, I mean, for you, was that the, 
it, it seems like you, you're really taking kind of a uh, with a with a mixtape like that. I mean, if Nas is if Nas is really mad at you, then that could like I you know I would imagine make or break your career type stuff. Um, was that kind of no, your... I mean, that's part of the history though? Like you okay. know, Piggy had a Piggy had a hit out on Who Kid like Clue. All these guys have crazy stories. I heard that Big Pun like kidnapped Who Kid one time. Like it's all uh, part of the mixtape game, you know. Right, right, got you. Um, you know, obviously we're talking in the middle of uh, uh, you know, whatever month we are in this uh, you know, twenty twenty pandemic, and I and I appreciate that on IG you you reached out to people to share their inspirational stories of getting through this year. Um, yeah. why did you want to hear those stories? But also, what what have been kind of the most inspirational stories so far? I mean, it's therapeutic for everybody. It's good to hear, you know, everybody thinks they got it the worst and they're so bad off. But then you hear about one of the kids that sent me a story. Uh, he he has, uh, I believe, m- multiple sclerosis and he can't can't walk, he can't talk right. Like, And he sent a story about how he's been going to the gym and he was lazy in the beginning of 2020. He realized he had to focus and all this. And this is a kid that wasn't even supposed to get to this age. And, you know, people are here complaining because they can't buy a new Gucci belt. It's like, it's crazy. So, you know, it's always good to hear someone else's uh, motivation. That's dope. Uh, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, I think you talk about hip hop, we talk about um, maturity and people, you know, obviously growing up and becoming adults. And then we turn to your your new album, The Balancing Act, and you look at the cover, the cover art, which is a pretty incredible thing. It's you holding your daughter, but it's also, you have a piece of vinyl on the other hand you're wearing headphones so trying to obviously show us the the balancing act of what you do with family and and your work um what for you i mean i I think i said it with the question but what what does the art cover art mean to you and how does this kind of support the the overall concept with the album i mean it's just what you said it's it's (laughs) balancing being a dad being um at this point in time you know i'm homeschooling her on on three days a week like and being a single dad is new to me too, so it's a it's a real crazy process. And um, you know, when I'm with her, I have her half the week, and when I'm with her, it's like that's it. I'm not I don't really do no music stuff when I'm with her. So well, she loves going to the studio, and she's on the album. She had a blast making it, but um, like for the most part, I, I stay at, you know away from the music side of things when I'm with her. So half the week, I'm, I'm, it's all madness, you know, the partying and the music and the, all, everything that comes with that. And then the other half of the week, I'm going to bed at 9 p.m. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm, I'm also uh, home with two kids and doing the remote learning thing for you as well. Just real quick, what has been the toughest part about remote learning? Deal, dealing, with the, dealing with the other parents, man. There's some really bad people out there. Like, the background, like, during the, the classes, like, some of the stuff that we hear and, like, People are just really like, I don't know, man. Right. Right. Like like I said, people are going through it, and I get that. But, you know, to be so selfish and ignorant towards other kids is crazy. Just the shit I hear daily is just insane. I don't even want to have her in school no more. I might pull her out. It's only kindergarten, and it's like kindergarten is not mandatory anyway, so we can start fresh next year. But right now I'm losing my mind doing that shit. (laughs) I agreed, agreed. Um, Yeah, I I mentioned the – on the cover there's a piece of vinyl in your hand um you know what what is kind of what is your go-to vinyl i mean not not when you're creating a record but kind of like you know to whatever just to like you need to listen to something where what are you going to usually jazz records maybe some like roy ayers or like um, amad jamal like i listen to a lot of jazz 
your the list of artists on the balancing act is, you know is impeccable you have you know black thought Nas, joey badass killer mike two chains conway method styles p jada benny you know terminology and so many more are there ever has there ever been a time where a collaboration has never worked not because you know just two two people being hard-headed or you know but more like there's a certain beat you want the artist to work on or be perfect on and it's just not working for him or her and you just it just doesn't work not really um i usually come to an agreement like we, we come to agreement on what song it's going to be and not really like there was a um on this album the only thing that didn't really work out and i had uh yg and corday did a song and he uh he sent me a voice note of him rapping it and he never got to like record it in time. So it didn't make the album, but mm. that's the only situation that really that something like that happened. It always goes pretty smooth. Um, you know, I, I mentioned terminology and I, and I, I, I reached out to term to kind of say, Hey, I'm interviewing static. Do you have any questions you would ask him? And he came up with a couple of questions. And one of them is, uh, what is your favorite beat that you've ever created? And then the other one is, uh, what's your favorite, uh, terminology collaboration you've ever done uh i mean it's hard to say what beat um i like legendary a lot joey badass featuring j cole um i love the Nas record uh, lost freestyle my favorite joint i've done with turn is probably um there's this record called first love we got where i'm talking about my daughter he's talking about his kids and it's just it's a special record to me so, I mean, in yeah, terms is you know he's been on the the podcast and he's obviously an incredible artist. How, how do you and you guys work have worked together for so long? How do you guys? How do you think you continue? Why do you think the the working relationship is so great in terms of the the artistic relationship? But also, uh, how do you guys keep kind of pushing each other to to just just do kind of better, do great things? It was always like a friendly competition, really, because we're both from the same place and. Uh, we were born in the same hospital in the same year. Like we, you know, we didn't meet till we were 16 years old, but it was always just kind of a competition and, mm. um, you know, to push each other and see what we could do. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's nobody else that has really been, um, running next to me the whole time like that. Like even my best friends, like gave up a while ago. Like I, I had a couple of kids I grew up with, and, um, put out an album and then they kind of just fell back to do the dad life and all that and that's cool but I, I'm, I'm not done you know what I mean I still got yeah. a lot more shit to do nice uh, you know uh, Black Thought is on the, the first record of the album called The Healing um, why is Black Thought the, the, the quote unquote table setter for this album I mean I've been very blessed through the years to get some of his best verses ever and um, with this album it's like it just felt right the way he set it up is very you know, it's the temperature that's out there right now and what he's talking about. It's just a very relevant verse that he did. And, he, you know, it's it's much more than just saying a verse. It's, it's like, I think it's like 32 bars, but he went in. Um, obviously, he always does, but he um, he got some real dope quotables on this show. I was just like, you know what, I got to stop. We, we actually got in an argument about it. And um, at the end of the day, he let me use it. But he wanted, well, me and him are doing a project and he wanted to use it on there. What's the, uh, is there a project that you guys have already started or just more in the, more talking about, uh, more uh, the, I guess more in the works. He picked out about six beats so far. I don't know what he has or hasn't recorded. Nice. Uh, you know, I mentioned that Black Thought is on The Healing, which is the table set over the album, but the, the first track that has been released to the, the public, the single is uh, Keep It Moving with Nas, Joey Badass, and Gary Clark Jr. So, uh, 
why why kind of this track why is this track the the single for the album it was just full circle for me like to connect joey and nas two different generations and um you know i signed the nas for this album it's on nas appeal i just thought it was it was bringing the best of both worlds together and obviously joey's been on all my albums since i met him um it was just important to me to, to do that and hold down uh People have been talking about hearing Joey and Nas together for so long, and it never happened. Right. So we actually met up. We met in uh, L.A. We had, like, a dinner, and, um, you know, we talked about the record. This is back in January. Mm. It, it didn't get done till, uh, till September because of everything that happened this year. So I'm just – I had to lead the album off with that record, though, because, you know, it was just – People, people kind of seen it coming, like because the press release from when I signed the Master Appeal was a picture of me, Joey, and Nas. Right, right. It was just important to me for that to be the first song. So, uh, you mentioned the delay of uh, you know between Nas and Joey meeting and, and and actually getting the track done, and and I think it uh, kind of works. Per- you think about twenty twenty being a year that people just would want to forget, and just hopefully twenty twenty one would be better. And then you have a track called "America Is Cancelled," which features terminologies. Styles P and Jada Kiss. Can you just talk about what this track means and what is it? What is it re- referencing in terms of "America Is Cancelled"? Well, I mean, we're in, we're in like a cancel culture right now, and everybody you walk the wrong way on the sidewalk, America cancels you. And, uh, Tom was just basically saying, like, now when the whole country's canceled, how trash people have been behaving and voting and all this shit. And you know, the song has some touchy subjects on it. Um, I, I can't wait for people to hear that term saying some crazy shit on there and Shader Chris and Styles bodied it. Um, you know, it, it's like the world, America like played itself, man. Like the way it's just a very uh, selfish nation, man. And now mm. it's like the rest of the world sees that. And uh, it just kind of flipped on us. Like at one point we were looked at the most as like the most progressive nation and like, you know, it's the center of a lot of the world's culture and shit. And then now it's like people are just laughing at us. So America's canceled. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. 
At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Are you seeing that more? I mean, in terms of in terms of a hip hop artist speaking out, a kind of about this canceled. I mean, you know, do do you see more American uh, artists being more vocal about what's going on around them than what they used to do? Yeah, I mean, hip hop grew up, and it's like it's about time. It's like the shit that we used to like hearing about and making music about is it's not that fun anymore. Like, can't you can't sell drugs and shoot people for your whole life, and you got to like start addressing the problems and like you know even the most gangster rappers in the world have more like enlightened music now right that's true um the final track of the album is immortal which uh features uh harley harrell and uh bobby sessions uh what 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 can we what, what, what can you tell us about this album of oh, this track and also why is this the final track of the album well, the reason it says featuring Harley Hall, she only says one word of the song, but after the song ends, five seconds later, she got her own secret song, so that's why I put that on there. But yeah, and that's my dog. Um, Bobby Sessions did it, man. Probably like, that song's like two years old now. I've been sitting on it. And one night when I was finishing the album, I just came across it, and I was like, nah, this is a perfect way to end the album, because the song right before it is called Way Up, and it's about, it's about Mac Miller, Sean Price, and Prodigy, and Pimp C, and like everybody we lost. So I thought it was cool to end the album on Immortal, like basically saying like that they live on forever, you know. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Uh, so looking back at the project, kind of what's the what was your favorite aspect of uh, creating this album? I feel like uh, more accomplished finishing this album than any other album because of just what's going on in the world and like getting it done was just at times very uh, nerve wracking. Like the quarantine and everything going on in the world just made everything harder to get done. But at the end of the day, there's some silver linings in there because certain songs in the album wouldn't even happen if we weren't going through this. And there's certain moments in the album that really timestamp this moment in time. And um, hopefully people look back on it and it brings them, you know, it brings them the right memories. I don't know. The song with Jack Harlow, he's really, he talks about everything going on right now and what he wishes we could do this year and how the pandemic stopped him. And I, like, he tells a story on it that really hit me a certain way when I heard it mm. about when Mac Miller died. So it's just like, there's a lot of moments on that that wouldn't be happening if, if it wasn't for, you know, COVID shit. I just, before I let you go, I, I, do you, do you give the artist a kind of a, a concept or direction of where you want to go with the album or do you kind of just let them do what they do? Sometimes. With that, with that track particularly, no. I had sent him a couple of beats and he he wasn't really feeling the first couple and then the one he picked, he was like, yeah, I'm going to use this. And then like a month or two went by and I was like, bro, you still going to get on it? And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I was like, all right. And I wasn't sure if he was going to. And then he, when he sent me the record, I was just like, wow. Like he put, he put a lot more thought and effort into the record than I thought he was going to. And I was really mm-hmm. impressed by that. That's dope. Uh, new album's coming out, The Bouncing Act, uh, Static Selector. It's a it's an honor to have you on the Library Rap, the Hip Hop Interviews with Tim Monica. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Well, good enough,
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.